and we would push in all the chairs into the table so we made like a raceway and we would make a flag for the end of the table for the finish line and we would ride our cars through the chairs under the table until we got to the finish line. It was a lot of fun. Welcome to another episode of our Play and Art podcast. I'm so happy to be here once again at our red kitchen table uh, with my father, Dr. George Sakelli. And um, I thought I would start today by talking a little bit about um, middle school and high school and how play can kind of work with middle school and high school uh, students. I've had a lot of good discussions with my students who have been listening to the podcast, and I uh, definitely appreciate that and it's been interesting in that a lot of times they feel like play is an elementary school thing right and that it's not something uh, that can be done at the middle school or high school level and I really think that that's not true um, just to be very blunt about that I think that um, we play differently Right? Play looks different at a middle school or high school level. It doesn't stop. Um, it's not the same necessarily on the floor with blocks as you'd see in, um, you know, four and five-year-olds, although you can still do that. And I think that that's important, that that still exists, but that there's a wonderful moment of experimenting. And I think it could almost be switched to that word to some extent, right? Of experimenting and trying new things that can happen at the middle school and high school level. That inventing, um, inventing yeah, another another important word, right? Experimenting, inventing, um, that goes beyond what they're doing in their other classrooms, right? Where they have something on the board and it's followed these directions exactly like you're supposed to and you'll get a good grade. Right? And you come into the art class and you don't have that anymore and you're asked to come up with something, come up with an idea, come up with um, a way of doing things that's different and unique. Um, Let me add making and building, constructing as play, yes. taking apart as play. Yes, and that's so important. And that leads me to a wonderful conversation I had actually with a student um, who was observing a teacher, um, and she had them come into the class, and she just had a bunch of old computers there, just sitting there. And she said, come, sit with me, and let's take apart these computers without anything else. Just come and let's sit and take apart these computers. And then after they had taken the computers apart, they were really excited by this experience, right, to actually see what's inside the computers and see what's inside the keyboards and take apart all the keys. I mean, that's really... It's an exciting thing for any of us. Um, and then she said, okay, so let's make something together. Let's make something based on all of these parts. And that was the lesson. And it was wonderful and powerful. And that's, yeah, that's play, right? And that, that is, can be on the floor. In fact, the older kids 
are more excited about being in school, welcoming them to take their shoes off mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and sitting on the floor than even the younger kids who are used to doing that at home. Exactly. Well, and the, yeah, I think that's part of this, right, is that they're used to doing it at home. So, okay, we do it at school. But in high school, to do something different like that, right, unique like that, putting yourself in a different position where you're not in the same school desk every single time. Probably the most important thing is what you just said, is to move away from desks. In high school, in middle school, for many reasons. First of all, it is a sign of freedom. It's a sign of being away from the workplace. Second of all, even if you're going to be taking apart things and experimenting with the find the found parts that you have, the sorted parts. My uh, youngest daughter always, your sister always had these parts boxes after she took things apart. Mm-hmm. And when she wanted to play, she went to her parts boxes. But she loved using the screwdriver, the pliers to take things apart. Apart. By the way, it was not computers in those days. We took apart um, old ball typewriters, <laughs> the, the old um, IBM ball typewriters. <laughs> Showing which our are age. Quite a challenge to take <laughs> apart, but they're wonderful. Uh, telephones, I remember her taking apart. Anything that went wrong, it broke. It's broken. She was happy when it's, oh, it's it broke. Brought it to me. Can I take it apart? Mm-hmm. Our old green, olive green phone. Or um, she wanted to take apart. Yeah. Alarm clock is broken, Dad. Can I take it apart? And she already ran for the screwdriver. But also allowing for that, right? Allowing for that as a parent, first of all, but also as a, as a teacher to say, okay, it's okay to take it apart. And I think the first time you say to her, it's okay, then she starts saying, oh, well, what's inside other things? What can I use in other ways? You know, And I think that, that moment is really pivotal in that, okay, now I, I'm allowed to do this and it opens me up yes. to be able to, to think about things a little differently, to be able to think about what's inside things, how I can use those things, um, how I can you know change the way my art looks based on that. Um, and also, I think at that age, to be honest, it's different, different kinds of art, right? I always, always hear the, the idea, well, middle schoolers don't really like to do any art anymore. We have those few that do, but most of them don't. Um, but I think it's a different type of art, and I think that that's important, right? Painting your nails is art. Making things for your backpack is art. Um, you know, Emily, even in high school now, is, you know, constantly making things, um, decorating things that are uh, for school, right? Whether it's her water bottle, which is very big right now, right? The decoration of water bottles has become the hydro flasks very huge, right? Or different uh, tablets or whatever it is. So, what play for elementary kids, younger kids, uh, middle school kids, college kids, adults yeah. has in common is that it's three dimensional. And it's building, making, constructing, and that is less scary than drawing. I can't draw a portrait. I can't draw a straight line. In other words, it's less scary. Now, after you, of course, do this construction and you build the confidence through the constructing and, and, and um, uh, building, 
then, of course, you're knowledgeable, so your drawings are wiser and more confident. You know, so it's, well, it's reversing that process. But um, high school students, middle school students, as elementary school students, rather build things and make things. So they're building models of baseball stadiums or models of a new skateboard in high school or middle school mm-hmm. or a model of a new um, computer or a new cell phone um, or a new airport. <laughs> yeah. uh, these are adult things to do. But building a, a, a model of an airport is very similar to building a model of an airport when you're younger, when you're a child, and you're creating these toys. And later on, these models are idea models of spaceships, of robots, of uh, everything that um, um, uh, you design as an adult, as an architect, as an industrial designer. So uh, working three-dimensionally is what we're talking about. And I see that less and less, I feel like, in the schools. I mean, I really do. When I see a lot of high school art, there's a lot of drawing going on, which, you know, drawing is great. I'm not putting down drawing on any level, but there's so much drawing, and there's very, very little 3D. And I think that's a a big mistake to um, not allow students to think in 3D and build in 3D. The confidence comes from 3D. The confidence comes from discovering things while you're building them, while you're constructing with them, mm-hmm. and while you're inventing. As an inventor, you're more confident to draw your inventions, to make a blueprint, to make an advertisement, uh, to, to make countless uh, paintings or drawings. Of so starting with 3D in, in all, at all levels, I think, is a great confidence builder and it, what all these, what's all these grades have in common. Yeah, yeah, there's such an excitement with 3D. Um, and I hear that all the time when my kids are really bored, you know, they don't really want to do this when it comes to, to drawing. And I think, you know, part of that is um, what are they drawing, first of all, right? Is it important and relevant to them in their lives? But also when it comes from the 3D and they've had that experience, um, it makes their drawings better too. It really does. It just it enhances everything in the art room. So allowing for that, uh, those three D moments, really important. The the realism. They want the high school students, middle school students. They want to do adult things, treat it as adults. Uh, what is more being treated as an adult than working as somebody who? Uh, designs the the future of space housing or underwater living or uh, new ideas of all sorts in in every field of creating your own museum, your own baseball stadium, your own um, uh, railroad station. Um, Parks is something that uh, the uh, older kids love to design. Well, I think this, I mean, this kind of leads a little bit into careers, right? And they want to know, like with everything else, well, why am I doing this? What's the point of this, right? And to actually show them that there are people that do design parks, right, for a living. People who do design skateboards for a living. People who do design shoes for a living. All of these things are really important and relevant to them because then they say, oh, I'm drawing, but I'm also using these skills, right? And I'm using these skills for something that's, that I could do later on. And there was such a need for that to understand what's going to happen to me later on, this, this build up towards the, 
my life after school um, and how it's going to be relevant to me. And I think that that's important even starting middle school. When I taught middle school, that was one of the things I really did a lot of is, okay, these are different, you know, let's design some shoes because they're at, and to introduce them sneakers. to different designs. Sneakers. Sorry, that's the most important, sneakers. Um, what power, what more power is that when you're designing your own sneakers? Exactly. And so important to middle schoolers at the same time, right? To, so to understand that there's people out there who are, who are designing sneakers for a living, right? That's something they could do. Yes. Um, so the the jo- the tie to the job, I think, is also you know important to them because they see the future in it. The presentation tying it to a job certainly is is helpful, and again, this this empowerment of the uh, teenager um, is important to to feel that you are contributing to society. Yes. That um, you are asked to really uh, design important things, redesign your own school, your own schoolroom, your own school supplies. Yeah. Now, for children, it may be designing toys, building new toys, building new ideas for toys. Now, that may be a new toy, which is a, uh, a supermarket that children, young children design. Yeah. But if you ask an older child, it's no longer a toy. It's really a model for the, um, uh, the look and, and the, the uh, uh, appearance of the next generation of supermarkets. Exactly. Well, so it, it's, it it's the same me- thing, but it's, you know, it's a toy designer when you're young. And it's really designing the future as you get older. Exactly. It, it always brings me a little bit back to Montessori and the, the middle school years of Montessori um, and this idea of getting kids out of the classroom, which is huge in that, especially all through the Montessori curriculum, but definitely in the middle school, um, and putting them to work, which is interesting. But not instead of learning math in the classroom, we go outside and actually build a bridge. Right, we learn about science through actually, um, you know, getting big uh, fish tanks outside, right, and learning about learning about that. So, and beekeeping and all of these things. Um, so, the work is is meaningful work to them, and to understand how to be good stewards of the earth and how to be how to tie that and actually selling your your honey and all of that from the bees. Um, so tying it into real life on every level, I think, is, is very important, right? Why am I doing this math and science? What is this going to do for me? Um, you know, same thing, tying it back. Absolutely. Trips to the car showroom, to the Toyota manufacturing assembly yes. line in, in our hometown here, and um, design of cars, well, yeah. with the young children, we have these playful cars made out of found materials. As we get older, these are designs for prototypes of, mm-hmm. and um, so it's it's it's. Uh, while we have to understand that young children have some time, less and less, but some time to play, and it's perhaps even less important for them. Also, they t- take to it easier because they are closer to their experience of playing before school. As you get older, of course, you need play more. And um, as long as the teacher can be a pie piper and be part of it and get on the floor with the kids and um, be part of these experiences, um, 
there, there is far more excitement in a high school class or a middle school class about playing than even in the elementary school classes. Well, yeah, because they're so not used to it in the rest of their school day and maybe even in the rest of their lives, right? And as you get older, also, the play is very regimented. You know, you have uh, groups of people playing soccer, but that's still not the same thing as, uh, you know, being out there by yourself with, with a soccer ball, right? So everything is extremely regimented. But can you dis- define or design a new sport? Uh, can you redesign an old sport? I talked about uh, the, uh, the the next generation of stadiums, you know, what they will look like. Mm-hmm. And these are all decisions and areas that you would be proud and you would feel very adult uh, to engage in these, this type of thinking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a matter of you taking the initiative in looking into the future as opposed to learning about the past, which is all of school learning, basically. Learning what is known. So playing in the upper grades is discovery and looking for the unknown, for different ways of doing things, for finding your own way, finding new ways of, of doing things. Experimenting. Yeah. There's no yeah. reason why in the upper classes they can't wear badges you know like inventor badges or (laughs) actually make it official that this is a laboratory for invention yeah okay and um, that's why I spent quite a few years in making up these signs for the uh, classroom uh, above the classroom door that the art room is the center for invention it's not other subjects. It's not, we don't have shop. Uh, we're starting to have these um, mixed uh, combinations of arts and sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're basically kits that students do. They're not really um, yeah. Well, that's original. a lot of the stem to theme stuff is a yeah. lot of kit, kit yeah. building. So which we is are in good. a far better position to deal with uh, the idea of invention than STEM is, where you bring in the $1,000 robots for the kids to build and give them the instruction book and how to program it. That's not uh, developing a creative mind that we need in the future. So the most important education for the upper upper grades comes from the art class. And we we really have to rebrand ourselves. When I was... um, working for the National Art Education Association, um, I was always pushing for including design, for example. It's art and design education. Yes, which has become big now. Art, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, art as future, futuristic education, yeah. uh, which is a very important part of schooling. I mean, we learn art history, we learn the history of how to do math and, and the history of formulas and science. Yeah. But the next step is taken in the art class. And it has to be done playfully because that's how scientists and engineers think and work. So true. By experimenting and playing. Exactly. So it's Not following the kids. It's the most serious <laughs> business and the most important business that um, the secondary students can engage in. Well, thank you. This was a really great discussion. I think it's so important to, to get this out there um, and to really talk about play 
um, in the middle school and high school because I think we get that question. It was definitely getting for my students, but we get that question a lot. How do we implement this in middle school and high school? And I, um, it's something we should talk about again because I think um, it not only can be done, it should be done, and it's very important uh, for those ages to, to continue to, to play and create and experiment and invent and all of those things. So, um, Well, it's this, the, the future of our society is at stake if we don't play in, in uh, high schools and middle schools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Play and Art Podcast, and we hope to see you soon.